0: Hey everyone and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is two guys, a league, and some guests. Let's get it started. Okay. I'm, not sure. I'm, I'm hoping you know it too. I, I kind of forgot about it a little bit to be honest. So the trade that you made for Wawenski. Okay. Like don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You're going all balls to the wall it's it's a it's a good move. I actually think that uh, Tampa Bay Lightning rubbed off on you a little bit there and you had to get a big old trade done there but hey I I felt the
1: I felt the need Gosh. a little bit and, and more than that I think it's just because Scott kind of reached out and peaked it piqued my interest uh, just because I didn't think Wierenski okay. was even on I had tried before and he's like no no, I'm protecting Fox and Lorensky and I'm like, okay, whatever so then when he reached back out to me, I thought okay like, here's a player who i could i could see myself protecting and yeah. and i could see myself benefiting from it now as much as later so yeah you know it's like i i look at this as being like my one trade my one final push for the season if if this doesn't work out it doesn't work out at least i get a player i get to keep i do think i overpaid though um
0: i i actually think it's a little <sighs> Look, if we're gonna get like completely ridiculously nitpicky about it, sure, it's an overpay. But guess what? So was Tampa Bay. So was fucking Florida. So was Boston. Yeah. Like fantasy hockey or real hockey, like it's gonna happen, right? Yeah. And and to me, if you go back and you check the uh, stats a little bit, yeah. Maybe not so much as of recently, <clears throat> even though I still think he's, I, even though I still think he's good. What I'm getting to here is you're getting a goal scoring defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Like he scores, goal, like he scores goals. That like things, it's a, yeah. this guy's a good good point producer as is. But I think if you go back and you look at his goal totals, you're getting a guy that's been one of the, like, I'm pretty sure, Marty, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm safe to say probably top five in the last five to seven years. Uh, you're pretty close. That was one
1: of the aspects that I had looked into. Um, just over the span of his career, young career. That's the other thing, too. He's very young. So I've done good this year with my trades in terms of sort of picking up the pieces on... (laughs) I've got some players who are on the back end of their careers, and I needed to start, you know, handing the torch over, so to speak. So I picked up Barkov, and I picked off Orensky are two good moves to get in that direction. But you're right. The goal scorer uh, aspect of Orensky is one of the main reasons why I, I'm not going to say I was excited to do this tra- <clears throat> to do the trade
0: but I'll say I was happy to do the my, trade no I mean if you want my honest opinion I actually don't think it's a bad move whatsoever Marty I really don't I mean you're in a situation where look I'm going to lose this week uh Joel's gonna you know here we are talking every week about the thing getting tighter it's going to get tighter and yeah. we'll mentioned that in the actual show yeah um but in regards to your trade, though. I I don't think it's bad at all. You're kind of buffering it a little bit with getting that third round uh, involved as well, which was originally your pick. So, I mean, you know... I, I think at the end of the, at the end of it all, and look, a first round midseason is a first round midseason. If you're contending, sure, it's all nice and everything, but you know, as long as you may, as long as you have a second rounder just to kind of you know get a player in there that you kind of need right. at the midseason, I think you're okay there too. <coughs> um, the only thing that kind of piqued my interest, and I was talking to Tom about it, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I say this for me as well, whether I'm in first place or not, because things can change pretty quickly. Um, still, with six weeks after tonight's games left. Yeah um and that is i remember back a few years we had set it up where if you end up in the money okay so ie if you are a second place team mm-hmm. in your division mm-hmm. you you are excluded from the lottery that's right now the only the only reason i'm mentioning that is let's say for argument's sake that our standings finish as is today yeah I, I believe your pick would end up in the lottery because you are outside of the money. Oh. So that pick now becomes a lottery <laughs> pick. But again, I, I, the, only, the only reason I bring that up is because you're in the actual position right now. You <clears throat> yeah. and I both know, Joel's one game behind me now. You're still two. Tom's still two. Yeah. Like, dude, that could flip for any one of us. Any one of us. Now the only difference is the only difference is is that you're you're the only one who's given up their first rounder in this coming up uh, upcoming draft. But again, you went out and you got a defenseman that one produces period. Two is very specific to our new scoring system. You are taking advantage of that and you are going off of what the stats show you. Yeah. And that is as that he scores goals. And I
1: think more than that, um, to get this deal done, it it required that pick, that first rounder. That was clear from Scott right on the onset. So at best, had I, given what you and Tom are talking about, any consideration prior to making the deal at best it would have saved me one of the three picks at best but it would not have been the first um, yeah. probably would not have been the fourth either it just would have been that that fifth round mid and that's a small price and i and i i'm going to talk about it later on in the show with another trade one an actual nhl trade that there's a correlation between the two just because of how things um look on paper and and, and in reality you pay a price for being in the hunt. Um, you, you don't have that choice of not paying that price unless you decide you don't want the player, which is fine, of course, and you move on, and it is mm-hmm. what it is. But if you do want something, you are going to have to pay a price at this time yeah. in the season. There's no questioning yeah. that. That's what's going to happen. No one's going to go soft on you because you're in the running. It's just not going to happen. So that that fifth-round pick to me is the price i'm paying for being in a good position right now and that's that's for scott for to take are. it and that's for scott to take advantage of it. And sorry and that's probably actually that's not even I, that's not taking advantage of the situation that's just the lay of the land you do this trade it's not business it's just business exactly you do this trade in the off season, there's one less um piece in there and in fact i probably don't get the third i and mm-hmm. for me there was, i brought in that third round pick i that was my idea because i felt Doing it this like straight up, which was gonna be two picks for um for Berensky. I felt that okay, I'm definitely overpaying, but I I think I could get a pick to replace the one I'm going to be losing in this by giving up a pick that doesn't mean too too much to me at all. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, scooping up, making it easier to scoop up my original pick. So Scott still has that pick in that in that uh, in that round, so there's nothing lost there for him. So yes, I lost the first, but I regained the third. So I instead of having one, two, no third, I've got no first, two third, fourth, and fifth. Like
0: I'm fine. It, it's it's really okay. You yeah, you you're, you're you're taking care of business because in. Okay, th- this is gonna be like a kind of straight in, straight out lens. There, there's no kind of side looking to the side and this and that and the other thing. So, okay, what what happens here? You get a player that you're able to plot into the lineup. We b- look at my defense right now, dude. Like, lucky I got my hands on Krug because my fucking defense is going to shambles here, man. Oh, you're not alone, like Doughty may be out long yeah. term. Thomas Shabbat's out. Shabbat, I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually toiling actually toiling with the fact of maybe putting Shabbat out there and if only because I can't use him right like I'd love yeah. to keep him and I probably actually keep him in my top 12 only okay. because of where Ottawa's trending but at yeah. the same time now do I just now do I use him and say okay well throw him to either Jay or Scott and see what happens yeah. there but but I mean b- back to what we're getting at with you the way I see it is okay so he gets a score that is very, very specific to our new scoring system. Like you're kind of hit, hitting all the check marks there. Yeah. You're giving up first round. Okay, that's cool. Keeping in mind, we're not a 12-team league. We're an 8-team league. So at worst, at worst, if you can get Scott's pick in, first pick in the second round, now you're looking at 9, 10, 11. So it's not like you're at number 50. No. Right? So yeah, yeah you don't have a first-round pick. But keeping in mind, again, our league yeah. is an 8 team league. Yeah. <laughs> you can get that, that 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 player turnaround can happen pretty quick pretty, pretty as quick. long as you do your homework. That's it. As long as you do your homework. First round mid-season we talked about it. You know, it's yeah, kind of important if you're if you're there, but if you don't have it, if you don't have it, you don't have it. But I mean, I think at the end of the day for me, the the nice little softener here is getting that third back. It just it just kind of quells any kind of how can I put it? At the end of the third round, you're gonna have three picks. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Yes. So, so okay, I don't have a first. It, Wait, it, it's, sorry. At uh, the end of the, the pe- fourth round, I've got three picks. You'll I, have three because I don't okay. have the first, still.
1: but I have the second, third, and fourth, and I believe fifth as well. Like I, I, I'm no worse okay, for so, wear. Like I, so, I essentially swapped a first round pick for a
0: capable yeah. player. It's fine. So, so there you go. I, at the end of the third round, you still have three picks. Yes. So once we finish round three and we're into four, you're even Steven. You have as many players as you should have. I, exactly. You're just going to need to take advantage of where you're drafting at. That's it. That's the only difference. It's just a matter of, okay, so these guys shouldn't be available. Now I need to target this group. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of doing the homework. really. I, I look at it and, as and I, a very
1: business like transaction where um, sure it is. you you cut off a, a piece or two and you're like, oh, geez, you know, this one team clearly won this trade. But when you've got those extra pieces and you sort of dissect the trade all the way down and circumstances, it's actually a pretty even trade. But considering the fact that I'm in the position I'm in and Scott's in the position he's in and this is the lay of the land, that extra pick, that extra first round mid twenty three, twenty four. That's that's what you've got to give up because you're you're in the hunt. Because you're one of the better teams. You have to give that up at this at this
0: time in the season. Well, you know what? It's something that we're going to and I imagine both of us are going to say this multiple times during the show. It's time to pay to play, baby.
1: Ah, like nice. and
0: it's going on in the NHL right now. Yeah. And it's going on in our league as well. So, I mean, it's a case where I mean, you just, if if you're going to contend in our league or if you're going to make moves and you're going to go for a Stanley Cup in the NHL, you have to pay to play. Yeah. And it's going to be, and not to give too much away, but there's going to be some interesting beauties that I have this week, if you haven't taken a look already. I have, yeah. And one one pains me to no fucking end, bud. (laughs) Okay. Let's get
1: on then. The trade number two, which was to the Demons, Carter Hart. And to the dragons, a demon, the demon's fifth round entry in twenty four twenty five. I'm. There's nothing about this
0: (laughs) that's too exciting. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. It was quite exciting for me. Okay, and (laughs) reason being, and now hold on, though. You got to understand why it was. Why it was exciting exciting for me, me, Mike. So, so. I'll make it exciting for you Marty Thank by you. mentioning to, mentioning to you the third trade that I that we have down which is um, myself grabbing Tory Krug from your dad for a right. fourth round entry in 2223 so this upcoming draft so that trade was made if I'm not mistaken like Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, so I told I, I called your called your dad over the phone. And I said to him, listen, you know, uh, that's a fair offer. Um, I'll take the deal, no problem. This was even before Shabbat got hurt. This was just me adding, you know, some nice pieces. And in all reality, it's because he's playing four games for, like, the next four weeks or whatever yeah. it is or something like that. So, anyway, so I went and picked him up, uh, gave the fourth in, in this year's draft. And, again, that was, like, midweek. So what I mentioned to him is, listen, since we really can't use any of these pieces anyway... Um, do you mind like delaying it to the, to the weekend in regards to officially um, announcing it? So then I got to, then, then your boy got to work (laughs) (laughs) and started trying to figure out how I was going to do this because um, with the uh, waiver wire system, any dropped player can be picked up. Um, And of course I don't want to give any kind of advantage to any, any teams out there, but Unfortunately, Tom was one of the only uh, uh, GMs. There was another GM that was interested, slightly, uh, in the player. But anyway, it happened with Tom, so I was able to move that out. And again, the reason why it was exciting is because I didn't have to drop a player and see somebody get somebody for free. Right. So just kind of managing my assets as best as I can. I didn't really want to get rid of Carter Hart. I still kind of believe in the kid, yeah. but it certainly looks like it might be quite difficult here over the next couple of uh, years in regards to win totals and you know, really some decent numbers in all reality.
1: Hey, man, they uh, got themselves Owen Tippett. I think that's the secret ingredient right there. I think they'll be fine now.
0: <laughs> I've
1: Well, uh... he's a good kid. We'll he's get a... into we'll it. Get to... Yeah, we'll get into well,
0: that. He is. he is. He is. He is. Great kid. Like, I mean, I I hope nothing but the best for him in Philly and we'll see what happens. But so, yeah, there was that that, that was kind of our trades for this week here. And again, the uh, the top teams are just kind of continuing to load up just like in the uh, just like in the NHL, man. And so unless uh, I mean, there's no miracle
1: happening for uh, for me, that's for sure. So Ryan's going to beat me this week. So that does make things a little more interesting. Essentially, it what sucks is I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not able to take advantage of a great opportunity. My brother's doing that all on his own by beating you. Um, but what that's going to translate to is so you're going to drop to 14 and six, Joel's going to go to 13 and seven, I'm going to drop to 12 and eight, and Ryan's going to jump to 11 and nine. So that puts us all, man, it's just ridiculously
0: tight, man. It, Um, uh, it is honestly. And and I, I I have to say like every what, week we I get a, a little bit
1: tighter. Out.
0: I know, I know, it's, it's pretty nuts. And the thing and and, and the thing that's really uh, I wouldn't say it's bothering me, um, <laughs> but what I will say is, you have to worry about every team in our league. It doesn't yeah. matter who's rebuilding, and, yeah. and 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 I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, Scott's had a couple of great weeks here, man. Over the yeah. last little bit. And and I'm just not liking it. <laughs> like <laughs> no, uh, his team I, 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 is
1: trending, his whole team is trending in the right direction. And it's um and it's impressive. The only thing that's gonna be um a, a bummer for him is it doesn't look like Chitron's going anywhere. And that yeah, look I know he was really hoping for that. That was part of the reason why he was okay with making or sorry, that's what he was holding on to as to uh, making himself feel okay with making that trade for Rowenski with me because, was that well I I still hope he's going to get traded if not I got the picks to cover that but I still hope he'll get traded so I can keep him and he'll be in a better team doesn't look like that's going to happen but outside of that like really his team like you said the last couple of weeks has stepped up and he's uh, he's providing some interesting uh, what's that term they use for uh, the shitty team playing spoiler, spoiler. Um, spoiler yeah big time so because now he's gonna be Tom Tom's gonna be at 12 and eight I'm gonna be at 12 and eight so I'm still tied with Tom but Ryan's just one game behind Tom and I yeah, man and Joel will be one this game behind you and you it'll it will still just be two games behind you like Ryan just got closer to you by instead of three games it's now or four games now three I've stayed there within two with Tom as well Joel's now within one <laughs> like it's
0: our our whole division just got completely tighter from top to bottom again like and 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 you know what it's it it really is going to make for a great race uh to the end of the year like forget forget all the trades and all the moves that are happening and all the bolstering of rosters and everything which is exciting all on its own as well i mean the actual race itself there like i mean this week my guys wow like i just literally shit the bed this week so i mean i'm i'm hurting big time now mind you I, I don't. I went over it. I think yesterday or last night, um, and it did. Dude, it does not matter who I put in. I could have put <laughs> whoever in off the bench. It didn't matter. No. And and Nobody you know what? Was at least I, at least I'm having one of those weeks. It's yeah. the weeks where you're like, oh my god, had I put this guy in and this guy in, I'd be leaving. That's leading. true. Those hurt. So you know what? There's no way. Like Joel's guys just had a great week. He went off this yeah. week again. And you know what? Like there's no way. It yeah, At least makes you. It I'm makes actually, you feel better for the loss. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I suppose a little, a little. Because
1: yeah, because the, the other guy just went off, and so yeah, regar- there's nothing so you can do. If you're gonna have a shit the bed moment, have it be in the moment where you probably weren't gonna oh, win yeah. anyways, because the other team just played yeah. ridiculously well. So that's fine. I understand that. One team we're not even mentioning is my dad. He's actually gonna win. He's gonna be a ten and ten, so that puts him two games behind Tom and I. Um, three games behind Joel and four games behind first. So, Bucks are now six, six weeks left. Six weeks There's left. Time, four baby. Games behind. Like, what's going on There's here? Time. So, one, dude, two, I'm three, telling you. Four, five. So six teams in the hunt for first right now.
0: And I, and what if I'm not mistaken, I believe we're we're all within four games of each other, right? Yeah, yeah. All within four. Exactly. Four games, guy what's going Come on, on? with six to with I six to play like I don't know man like this is gonna be one hell of a finish and uh, truthfully I'd have to look back on it but i I'm really I, i'm I think I'm pretty comfortable in saying we've never had anything close to this no like this no deep way. into the season no and way. and and that many teams no way i I, I don't believe we've had any kind of a year like this i
1: can't imagine. Nothing. Nothing's ever been like this. That's for damn sure. We've probably had some close seasons where there was maybe t- like three player, three teams, but not, not six, not more we than gots, half the league. This is ridiculous. It's awesome, but yeah, I've really
0: never seen like it like it. It's gonna be great. And you know what? Good luck to everybody because uh, I'm sorry. I have no idea who's taking this. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. No, I really don't.
1: I felt really comfortable making that prediction saying it's you. I'm going to stick by it. I still think it's you. But I think Joel's doing his thing again. I I think we've seen that the last couple of weeks. The Apocalypse are just playing great at the right time. Always. Yeah, he's kind of motoring. He's
0: motoring right now. It's the back end where he's got all these
1: games and his players are hot. Exactly. Like, Jesus, he's got the perfect formula to take this away from you.
0: And, and I mean, you know, you still got Tom and yourself yes. waiting in the weeds there at what, at what, 12 and eight. So 12 and eight. again, <laughs> it's uh, with, 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 with the amount of games, well, and, and, and that's kind of what you go back to, right? Like I won't beat this with a dead horse. I, I know we got to get too along the boards here, but that's the fun part about it is you kind of keep at this time of year, you kind of keep going back and forth with that, right? Yeah. Okay. How many games do I need to catch up or how many games in my head, how many weeks are left? So it's just you know and again what we've got i think it's four teams within two games of each other yeah uh five, five within three five within and three. six within four yeah. so i mean again wow. math mathematically 16 it's just nuts it's nuts
1: it, it this like as far oh man there's no way of ever knowing this but as far as all fantasy hockey leagues go around the world <laughs> this has got to be one of the
0: tightest right now like, i this know is man crazy We're... Like it's it. We're right up there, man. Like it's going to make for an exciting fi- finish in a lot of ways. Yeah, like I mean, for sure. The deadline. The deadline itself, and are yep, there going to be any moves the rest of the week? Here's, <clears throat> and and we 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 trickle into next week as well with making trades. We don't have a firm deadline like the actual day of the NHL, but so there could be some more trades throughout the week next week, and then of course, like we just mentioned, the races themselves. It's going to be pretty nuts here down to the wire. Well. Uh that being said, you want to get right into around the league with some of the,
1: some of the trades for the bigger team, bigger clubs and and seeing what, uh, yeah, man, let's get into
0: it. We got quite a few of them to, uh, to rifle through here. So, yeah.
1: So, uh, all right, well we can start off with, okay, I'm trying to fill in the last one. that
0: just came in. Oh, no worries there. Well, listen, I'll I'll start us off here with uh, a trade that was made a couple of days ago. The, uh, the avalanche pickup, Josh Manson and, uh, Heading down to Anaheim is Drew Hellison. Uh, I believe he played for the uh, U.S. National Development Team Program, uh, the Juniors. He was on uh, one of those teams. And they also got a second-round pick in 2023. So you know what? I, I mean, I I, I can't – I don't think this is really a, a bad trade at all for – for Sackick and the Avalanche. I mean, you're getting a, a defenseman that's going to basically play in your top four. You've got an injury right now to Girard, Sam Girard, and um, uh, Bowen Byram who would probably somewhat in some shape or form play in your top six, uh, has been out with uh, concussion issues, so you just kind of can't lean on that. He goes out and gets a guy that, you know, is very serviceable, like I say, top four. You know, he's not looking for offense, just a guy that's going to be able to defend. He's a big boy, can move uh, people out of the front of the net. So, you know, and he didn't really have to give up too much for it. You know, a second round pick again here. This kind of follows up on the uh, trade that he made for uh, Devin Tays last year, the two second rounders to the Islanders. So, you know what, in regards to getting defense, defenseman to beef up the blue line i gotta say uh, sakic's doing pretty well here
1: yeah he definitely he was clearly listening to our show last week and he decided you know what you guys made a strong point they're one of the worst teams when it comes to uh, physicality Um, so they went out and got a defenseman that actually takes care of that for them and like you mentioned, a couple injuries to the defenseman's this does make sense. I, I had originally written down that I was not sure why they would do something like this just because Drew Hellison has a bigger upside and you're willing with you're winning with him, <clears throat> even though he's not on your team right now. He's you're, you've got him stashed away. So it didn't make much sense on at first. But the more I look into this. Yeah, I get it now so you're actually plugging a pretty decent hole that you had before uh you can move forward knowing that you've you've taken care of an area that all season long you actually have been very strong and so that's great i'm not saying he's going to come in and and hit everybody and everything that moves on 30 minutes of ice here but he's going to do his part uh he's a role player and it's going to be good for the for the team and it's it's a smart move of course i'm not second guessing (laughs) sacking
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Hellison I think, was a piece that they actually liked. I mean, and obviously he had a little bit of pedigree in regards to playing with the uh, the juniors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what? It, it can't really be that bad of a move here. I mean, he's, he, he's a depth guy in regards to scoring on that team anyway. So, I mean, you can't uh, you can't go wrong with adding another D there. And you know what? I mean, good on Sakic for it. Uh, again, he's able to, like I said, he's able to kind of get these guys and not really give up like a a, a, a huge amount. So, anyway, good on Sakic and good on beefing up the blue line for the playoffs. And actually, in the next one, it,
1: Sakic as well, Nico Sermon, um, they get him and they give up. This was a bit of a shocker because. I thought he was really... Well, well surprised me too. Yeah, Tyson Yost. And actually, when the, the deal went through, several of the uh, Colorado boys that we follow on Twitter were quick to be like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> like, nobody really knew he was even, I don't even... I'm not sure necessarily that he was available. I think this was a move to clear up space, but so far, nothing has come back to make sense. Like, there's no extra trade to sort of say that that's why they did it, so... I'm not totally sure what the point of this is outside of a cap space thing, because Sturm Sturm is not, um, he's okay, he still has promise, but I don't know, Yost was fitting in in nicely. The only thing, again, Mm -hmm. that that makes sense is Sturm is uh, 875k, whereas Tyson Yost is 2 mil, so
0: it's got to be a salary cap thing. Well, I mean, you know what? I we certainly can't put it past money, right? Like yeah. money's money, and you kind of you try to figure things out so that you can, you know, give yourself as much breathing room as possible. And you know, it's not a massive amount, but it's still an amount that could potentially, you know, they could add another player with that, so to speak, right? Exactly. Um, I did a, when I did a. I mean, I've basically been reading a little bit about any any time a trade goes down, just to kind of familiarize myself with the players involved if I'm not familiar with them as much or anything like that. This to me kind of seems like. More of a um, Sackett kind of feeling that Sturm is maybe a better fit as a fourth line player, whereas Tyson Yost, maybe this kid, you know, and and when he was drafted, I think he was kind of seen a little bit more as a top kind of six guy, maybe never really a first line guy, but you know, second, kind of a middle six at the very worst, right? Right. And I just maybe think I'm I'm kind of sitting here to myself and I'm kind of saying, you know what, I I I kind of feel like Sackett just kind of sat back and again. Going back to the money, that that is of great importance to these GMs. So to some some degree, that had to have been in there. But I, I kind of think that maybe, you know, m- more in a mental capacity, Sturm comes in there, knows what he is, knows that he's not uh, more of a scorer than anything else. Whereas Tyson Yost, they can kind of move on from him. They obviously, He hasn't obviously given them... Uh, any reason to believe other than up to a certain point, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. So maybe they're just sitting there saying, you know what, like Yost just isn't a great fit for us on the third line that way. Like we kind of, we were hoping to see him in, in a better role than that. Let's move on from that, save a little bit of cash, and really not hurt ourselves in the process. Because yeah, yeah. it, it certainly seemed like Sturm isn't going to be hurting them in any way, shape, or form. So, again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giving a generalistic uh, kind of synopsis of this. I hadn't, didn't really do any kind of a super deep dive in either player, Core C4, all that kind of thing, right? So, just kind of reading on the surface of what was going on. And it just seemed like uh, Sturm was kind of a better fit. Nose's role. Not not that Tyson Yost didn't, but no. probably wanted a more impactful yeah. role. Maybe we'll get that in Minnesota, get a little bit more ice time perhaps. But I think it was a case where Sackett was just maybe a little bit more comfortable in saying, okay, this guy knows his role and we can put him on the fourth line and that's the end of it and let's move on. Well,
1: they actually got him on the third line with
0: Alex, Alex
1: so, Newhook I mean, and JT Comfort. You
0: know what? I, it's To me, it, it's, a, it's a good move. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that in, in my eyes. And, uh, you know what the, the young kid Yost, uh, gets a bit of an opportunity here. And
1: having him play on a third line with new hook and comfort might actually be a surprise. Maybe there's a history. Cause again, like with you, I didn't necessarily do a deep dive either, but maybe there's a history between Sturm and either new hook or comfort. Maybe they actually played together before who knows. Um, but the angle on this isn't that surprising i mean you you got to make a move at some point and maybe paying two mil for a guy to play third line is too much and and you and you know going forward maybe this is a way that they can resign cadre who knows like i'm i'm not saying they freed up that kind of money but who knows? who knows Like, maybe this is a the the starting point of something else which will lead to something else which will lead to them resigning cadre so who knows um because it's, it's not it's actually, every penny every penny counts right yeah, yeah
0: um moving right along so you want to take the next one so the next, well, I was, I was just going to jump in, Marty, because they kind of really are linked up together in all honesty. Um, so a quick little trade a couple of days ago uh, when Florida um, sent Frank Vitrano over to the New York Rangers for a fourth round pick in 2022. Now, the reason why I say that's linked up to another trade is because that pick that Florida got in that deal for Vetrano basically ended up getting flipped and handed over in the uh, Ben Sherratt deal, where Montreal got that fourth round uh, pick in 2022. They also got the first round, uh, the uh, uh, Panthers' first round in 2023. Uh, and also uh, Tyler uh, Smilin- Smilinik, uh if I'm not mistaken, is how you pronounce it. Um, a bit of a score. Uh, from what I understand, he's got some speed. Uh, so you end up getting the first-round pick that you were looking for, a fourth thrown in there too. Um, so you know what? And, and at the end of the day, Florida, apparently, uh, you know, I was listening to Pierre Lebrun that night, and I guess Florida had Ben Chirot circled on their uh, uh, the trade targets, I guess, for like three months. So you know what? Uh, uh, the general consensus is that it was an overpay. Yeah. But you know what, Marty? We talked about it a little bit at the start of the show. We're going to talk about it some more. It's pay for play time, man. And I'll tell you what. Bill Zito stepped right up yeah. to the mic and hit it out of the park. And you know what, Marty? Regardless of what happens, however deep they go, I'm really, really liking this trade deadline. And, you know, we're going to get into some other trades that, that we're dealing with some first rounders and some other teams that are really making a go of it here. And I, as a fan, I'm loving it because you know what? You, you, you guys want to go deep. Then here's what it's going to take. That's the thing. Like, especially for teams like uh,
1: Colorado, Florida, even teams like New York. Like, if you're, if you're in the hunt, especially if you're pulling from teams that are not. What do you think is going to happen? What like <laughs> They're they're going to milk you. Um, the, if they end up losing the player for nothing, I really doubt that. Like I doubt that you get into a situation where you lose a player for nothing. And even if you do uh, for yeah. a team that's in the bottom, if you lose a player for nothing, I mean, whatever. It, it, you're in a rebuild. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, when you want to make a deal with a team that has a serious chance to win a cup, that's when you squeeze. That's when you should squeeze. If you're going to do good business, you're going to be a good GM, you should squeeze and be like, listen... You want this? You, you know what this player is going to bring to your team? You're already pretty close to the cup. You think this is like, you're one or two player away from getting that cup. This could be that player. So if, if I'm, give, I'm essentially handing you a cup, if I'm going to hand you a cup, I better get something in return. So if I told you in the future that, um, or if I told you now that I can see into the future and it's going to cost you a first round and a fourth round and a player to win the cup, you say yes every single time, regardless of what that is. So, so you make the move. So you may not be able to see in the future, but your hope, and that's why you pull on this player, and that's what you hope for, and that's what you do, and you pay that price.
0: And you know what, Marty? If you're a fan of the Florida Panthers, if you're a fan of the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning, and if you're a fan of the Boston Bruins, you know what? They're true fans, Marty. I'm not. Listen, I'm not talking about fringe fans, and I'm not saying fringe fans are bad. But what I'm talking about is those diehard core yeah. hockey fans of those teams okay they understand Marty how cyclical sports yeah. is Tampa Bay, listen those two those two first rounders that Tampa Bay gives up and, and we won't give up too much here but and you know what Marty for, for that matter any of these picks that any of these teams are giving up especially the first rounders they're not going to be around at any time for you to get anything out of these yeah. guys so you know what with Florida shipping off that first rounder in 2023, l- listen, yes, you're going to miss out on a first round, or or if you're trading multiple first rounds, yeah. if your team has got a chance, and, and and we're talking about legitimate chances here, Marty, like you're Florida's, you're Boston's, and, and I'm sorry, I will put teams like Toronto and teams like Edmonton in there as well, and we're going to get into it a little bit later with those two teams as well, Marty. When you're this close, when you have certain pieces on your roster, Austin Matthews, McDavid's, uh, with Boston you got Bergeron and and that gang, the first line. Uh, you know, Florida, we've talked about them for weeks on end. You got to make these moves, yep. man. Like it's time, ta- it, it, it it's go time, and these fan bases will understand when you're getting these yeah. players. Okay, your Hampus Lindholm's, your Claude Giroux, like I mean. And and especially when you're getting these players from multiple cracks at it, hey, I'm sorry, man. You, when you step up yep. to the plate, you better be bringing that Louisville slugger, and you better be ready to start hitting these things out of the park because that's what it's going to take to play the at game. At some point, you got to push. You
1: got to push all the chips in with the with the the best starting five that you're looking at in your hands, and. If you can't make a bet on your team at some point, and it's going to cost you a little bit of something, um, then what are you doing essentially as a GM, as a franchise? Like, you have to bet on your team at some point. And that's what I like to see when teams make moves like these. There's a couple of the worst we still need to get to. And actually, the the Tampa Bay one, this is more of a question mark on Chicago. like. With Chicago, I, I okay. They must see something in the in the, in 2023 and 2024 in terms of the first round, uh, which with whatever pick Tampa will be getting, which will be at the bottom. Um, because the other two, uh, so Taylor Radish, I've actually got him in my FS. He's okay. Um, you know he can fill in the slot in the third line probably if if he if if they give him the time. Uh, on the top two maybe something happens there maybe there's some chemistry there but i think that particular one and actually the one in boston i want to talk about as well but those those two are the ones where i'm like a little confused but again with chicago more than tampa bay tampa bay you make that move because like they must have been like really you'll do the trade really that's oh okay you sure you want to do this cuz we're going to take Hagel. Okay. All right. Then we'll take him. Like, that's probably how Tampa felt. They probably felt a little bit, a little bit bad about it because it seems odd that Chicago would do that. So and I'm just going to quickly read the quote from Jonathan Taze. I don't know if, it, if you have read it or if other people out there have heard it, but yeah. I don't oh, yeah. know if anyone feels safe at this point with the way he's been playing and what he's meant to our team. I had a hard time thinking in my mind that we would be one of the guys or he would be one of the guys to get shipped off considering what he brought in yeah that was a tough one to see i'm pretty shocked for sure and i know patrick kane's name has been floated around a lot i know that management has since come back and said absolutely not but i think this quote came after management made that comment and i there's something about chicago i just don't trust i think we all know why um, so I'm not taking them at at, uh, at face value for when they say that Kane is off the table. I don't think that's true. I think Kane is very much. I think that are. I think everybody because again, Brandon Hagel was doing all the things right for a rebuilding team, and he was going in the right direction. The team was moving with them. It made all the sense in the world to keep him. Instead, I I don't know what the point of this is. So that's a tough one for me to swallow. And that's the whole TB
0: trade there, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, so the Brandon Hagel, fourth well, round mean, 22 and fourth round 24 for a first round pick in 23. First round pick 24, Boris
0: Katschuk and Taylor Radish. Well, you know what, Marty? From my viewpoint, I actually like it for both teams. Now, I understand where Taze and Kane are coming from. I get it. They want the window to just kind of keep, continue to be open and open and open yeah. and open. At the, for me, it, they're done. Like, it, it's done it's done and over with what you had going on in chicago i mean it's not a bad thing again we just talked about it things are cyclical i actually like with um i can't remember his first name but i think his last name is davidson he's the new gm down there in uh, chicago and I i gotta be honest with you i like what he's doing um brandon hagel hey you know great good player nice piece but if I'm not mistaken, I think he's uh, played, what, 52 games this year or something that effect. You just turned a guy that played 52 games this year for you into two first-round picks. So for, for where I see Chicago, I think this is an absolutely great move. I really do. And I also think that, again, we just talked about teams stepping up to the plate, hitting home runs, getting the job done. Well, guess what? Julien Brisebois does it again. Okay, He goes out and gets Hagel. And listen, a lot of people are sitting there, oh my God, Brandon Hagel for two first rounders. You have to understand how he's looking at this. This guy has won two Stanley Cups the last two years. In particular, uh, uh, last year, that third line was ridiculously dominant, like to no end. So here, here we are sitting in a situation where he's trying to figure out a creative way to try and get the job done. So he goes out, gets the third liner that he knows can be extremely pivotal uh, in playoff hockey, throws in another couple of fourth rounders. So it's not like they're going to be stupidly devoid of picks. So (laughs) in in my eyes... I I don't think this is bad for either team. I think Chicago gets a jump start on the rebuild. Uh, twenty twenty three is supposed to be a pretty deep draft, so even if the the, the pick is in you know twenty five to thirty two, it doesn't matter. There's you know they're still going to tr- get a serviceable player. You're sticking your nose into the first round probably twice in those two years. You're getting a couple of players that are still very young. You've got control over, and all for Brandon Hagel. Like again. He, I'm sure he's going to do great things for Tampa, and more than likely fill in that third line role. But at the same, uh, at the same time, uh, I mean, I just think that he was able to get it done again. Well, I'm going to be honest. Everybody needs
1: to be uh, honest. We all need to be honest with each other. I have no idea what Mike said because <laughs> the internet just went. <laughs> sideways for the entire spiel. To
0: to give you, (laughs) have you got me now? I do. Yeah, I do. I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. So basically, I'll just give you the quick Coles notes. Both teams benefit from this. Chicago gets a jump on on the rebuild with the two first rounders. And Tampa Bay gets the third rounder that they know they've been successful. Uh, our third liner that they know they've been successful with the past couple of years. I okay. think it makes perfect sense on 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 both uh, sides. And uh, again, yeah, you got to applaud, uh, in particular, Julien Brisbois for getting the job done uh, with a team that's right up against the cap. And I mean, they don't have a lot to be able to move around with, but he gets it done again.
1: Okay. All right. Well, then that's good.
0: I don't. I don't disagree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but. So, thanks for the Coles notes, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's that's no totally right on. Um, there's you know still uh, three more that we need to get through. So, I'm, I'm going to mention this one real quick. And I don't know if you had anything specific you wanted to mention about, but the Boston one. Um, th- this oh, one is the, that it's one's funny good. because this is the one that I feel is identical to the one I did with Scott because I do think Boston overpaid. Um, but, again, I think it's because of... The fact that Boston is um, in contention. And I think it's because we're so close to the trade deadline. So it's that time of the season. I think they had to pay the price. And I think they really wanted the player. I think that adds to it as well. So, yeah, first round pick 2022, second round pick 2023, second round pick 2024. And John Moore and Juro Um two players that, you know, may or may not produce something maybe they will i don't think that's the point i think it's the picks that's the most important thing in all of this um but i again i think this is just so it really helps that boston clearly wanted him because right after it they signed him to an eight-year 52 or 55 million dollar extension so clearly they're like yeah we'll do anything for him so i but it's as a result of that the fact that they really want him and the timing that they overpaid because you don't pay. You do this in the off season, and I think you just go after Lindholm, and you do it with probably the two picks: the first round and the second round, twenty-three. Um, I think probably maybe the other second round, but I think that's all you do. And you certainly don't include Cody Coran. You don't go out and trade for a thirty-two-year-old defenseman who's never played in the NHL. That was a throw-in. I think that's a favor. Um, but yeah, that's.
0: that's I my think I, I. I'm wondering if that. I'm wondering if Cody Curran is a, uh, I'm over in contracts. You know how they can only have so many contracts at the NHL level? I'm wondering if it was a case where they're like, yeah, here, take this guy. (laughs) We just can't, we can't, we can't fit all these contracts. But you know what? Like getting, getting to this trade here. um, I like it for Boston. Um, Makes sense. Again, there's going to be a lot that pains me to say in regards to Boston on this (laughs) episode. But you know, but you know what? Like, and they go out and they sign him to I think it's a six point five million dollar deal for the next eight years, yep. uh, for Lindholm. Like he's signed with he's signed with Boston yep. now. And, he, and and you know what? I'm gonna get into it a little bit. So I guess I'm giving away a little bit of part of my beauties. But goddamn, Boston just keeps getting these players to sign at discounts, man. Yeah, there's are like I'm 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 sorry. You got a top four, arguably a top two, but let's say he falls into like a two or three, okay? 6.5 million, that's not going to be too bad man, especially with th- in the coming years here, the, uh, the salary cap will slightly inch up a little bit. It's kind of been stagnant throughout the pandemic. Yeah. but that's going to kind of you know kind of bump, bump up a little bit here over the next few years if I'm not mistaken. And I'm sorry, 6.5 can't really go wrong with that. Is it going to look so good in the year like six, seven, and eight? maybe not. but again, they're, they're a team that's winning now. Now you've got a nice little one-two punch in McAvoy and Lindholm. Very I much. mean, and, 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 again, and again, we've talked about this at length. It's paying to yep. play. And, you know, a fir- first round pick, like, is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm guessing teams like Anaheim and uh, and Philadelphia, any of these teams that were getting first round picks, the conversation was, oh, okay, you want this player? No problem. So, yeah. the one thing that we're not coming off of is a first round entry draft pick. Done. Right, that's it. Like, it's just, it's part of, it's part doing of, business. part of doing business when you're getting these players. And let's face it, in, in. Uh, we're going to get to, uh, or uh, we did get to Brandon Hagel, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a guy that, that Tampa Bay is getting with term uh, and, exactly. and Lindholm. Although maybe, although although Lindholm maybe didn't have the term, I do believe that some of the return that Anaheim got back was because uh, they were basically allowing Boston to talk to him throughout this process to try and set up the, this yeah, uh, contract. Yeah. Because, because I mean, the contract was signed like less than twenty-four hours after it's the like trade. Minutes. So. They were obviously talking to the the player, exactly. you know. Boston had uh, had his ear anyway, and and was basically getting a deal done at the same exactly. time that the trade was kind of being consummated. Yeah,
1: there's nothing. So you know about what, that. like that was, that was obviously always in the works. Hope is wanted to stay in Boston. Clearly, he yeah. wanted to sign there, but probably only for a certain amounts. So, like you said, there was probably a conversation long before the trade actually even happened. So. Everybody's happy with this. Everybody gets what they want out of it. Uh, Boston did overpay, but there's a reason for overpaying. Maybe you don't consider that to be overpay because you got what you wanted and you got to extend it. So technically, maybe you didn't overpay. Maybe it's just that's the price of doing business. And
0: and that's what I think is it's coming down to, right? Like, I mean... The, the, the messing around and either waiting or not waiting, you know, getting a trade done early as opposed to getting it late. I think that's, I wouldn't say that's completely done. I do think that some teams can use that tactic and squeeze a little bit yeah. more. But I also think that the, the teams, and, it, and it's kind of funny because it is kind of mirroring our, our uh, fantasy league as well. You're, you're seeing the teams that have a shot, that literally legitimately have a shot. They're going out there and they're getting the job done and they're getting what they need. Uh, you know, Florida jumping all over Sherrod. He was a, a trade target of theirs, big time apparently. As was uh, Claude Giroux, and they got them both. But you know what? Like they they had to give up some some fairly major assets to get that done. And you know what? The other teams are going to get it done too. We saw it with Tampa Bay. And we saw it with Boston. So. You know, it it certainly is exciting from a fan's point of view, for sure. I mean, I know that the fan bases of these certain teams, you know, certain fans, I'm sure, are kind of like, wow, that's a lot to give up. And then there's others that are on the other end, and they're just loving the fact that their general managers are going out there and, you know, making things happen. Uh, You know, thankfully... Uh, as we were kind of preparing for our show here, Toronto actually finally made a move uh, because I'm going to be all over them. I'm going to be all over them in our uh, in our beauties and, and beasts, Marty. But man, like you got to start moving. Like with these teams making these moves, it puts all the pressure on Toronto. I'm sorry.
1: Well, okay. And so I think <laughs> the problem with Toronto is, well, if we're going to talk about their trade anyways, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced this is this is the trade that they wanted. I feel this is second fiddle. I feel like this is their this was their backup plan. I don't. I'm not really convinced this does it. This might do something for a week or something. As long as it's got um, some life in the media, it'll it'll do okay. But then I think this ultimately this comes back to show that this is a nothing move picking up Giordano is not really it, it, this isn't a deal breaker. this isn't Giordano from 2019 or 2017. This is Giordano who's still a good don't get me wrong like he's still a good player he can still produce and he's still got value 100%. but I don't think this does anything to Toronto this Toronto team that gets them any further into the playoffs. I think they're gonna make the playoffs no matter what. But I don't see this being a very smart longevity move for them to get past the first round and then second, third, and whatever. So I, I, I'm not convinced that this was a smart move at all. Two second round picks and a third for Giordano and Blackwell. For for what?
0: Like, What are you getting? What are you really getting? And, and this is where I kind of like... What I was going to say, Marty, is this smells like a GM who wasn't ready to... Or, or, who was too scared to move, move to move his first round pick, because Marty, I am really sorry. Like, so so you mean to tell me that you weren't prepared to pay the price that Florida paid for Ben Chirac? Like, I, like I I'm I'm being honest and I'm trying to put myself in in a, in a Toronto Maple Leaf fans shoes. Like, dude, it, it, if they don't get this right, Marty. Kyle Dubas isn't going to have to worry about his first round pick coming up in September, or uh, sorry, in uh, July, because he ain't going to be around to make it. It
1: seems like Shanahan and Dubas kind of like, they're hell-bent on making the plan more important than winning the Cup. And the plan is to, you know, essentially, obviously, win a Cup, but be sustainable for several years in a row. I think they're more focused on being sustainable than winning a Cup right now. And I think that's what they do need to change. They do need to change the concept of, um, of sustainability over a cup. I think they need to put the cup first, so they can just start winning. Because what good is it to be consistently in the playoffs every year if you never win the cup? That, that that's there's there's no nobody wants that. Nobody wants you in the playoffs every year just to lose in the first round every year, or even the second or third, or even the finals. It doesn't matter. Like just bet on a team. Pick your best
0: one and bet on that one. I mean, for me, when it comes to the Leafs, Marty, listen, you're only going to have uh, Matthews there for so long. Now, listen, yeah. the, the the hope, of course, is, is that these players are great pros and that they're going to stick around for, uh, you know, he's going to sign another contract in Toronto or McDavid's going to sign another contract in, in Edmonton. But, at, I mean, at the end of the day, these guys nah. do want to win championships. So, you know what? I mean... It, it, to me, if you've got, and, and we talked about it earlier in the show, if you got a McDavid, if you got a, a, a Matthews, I understand, you know, y- you don't want to completely deplete the cupboards. But for God's sakes, like, when has Toronto had a, a better chance at winning a cup here over the past, what, 15, 20, 25 years here? Like, I mean, y- y- you've got... And that's what I'm saying. Like, this, if this isn't the team that
1: you're willing to what bet is? on... What is? Te- what yeah. is then? Exactly, Because you do at some point, you have to bet, you have to pick a team, a roster that you assembled in one of these years and you do have to go all in. There's not a single team out there that didn't go out and get a missing piece at some point and then say, this is the one and and that's your whole that's your all in bet that's your sometimes you need to make a small minor move that isn't that big a deal but sometimes you do need to make a bigger deal and right now with Toronto with some glaring issues on both D and in nets this is the year to make that bet because you got Matthews and Marner actually playing holy moly especially Matthews is he ever just this is the year yes. for him like he is just another creature this year not saying it's going to be worse next year. I'm just saying, like, this is as clear, as good a year as any year to make that all-in bet. Why not? You're not going to get in trouble for it. No one's going to get angry at you for it. Well, I mean, (laughs) let's be real. There's always some angry fans. But, you know, in the bigger picture of things, you get to step back and say, listen, we decided to go all-in with – now we went out and we got ourselves Sherrod. Char- uh, Char- um, and like again, I still think they should have done something for Giroux. I think that would have made a lot of sense to have Giroux on that team. Maybe it's a cap thing, but something else other than Giordano. That's your that's your splash. You want to know that's what. what...
0: It, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, and, and look, I'm not looking at money, and may- maybe there's some reason that they can't get this done. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm the Leafs and if I'm Kyle Dubas and you have invested in those four players, Ma- Marty, I'm going out there and I'm calling the Arizona Coyotes and I'm saying, Jacob Chitrin's coming to Toronto. Yep. I'm sending you two first round yep. picks right now for this guy. And let's keep talking. What else do you need? Like they, they, <laughs> y- you got, you got to get this done, Marty. Like, I, I, I mean, there is so much riding on that. You just talked about the Shanna plan. I mean. You know, it's, it's time. Like, I don't know how else to say it other than that with everything that's transpired over the past three days, when it comes to Boston, Florida, and, and the lightning and here. And the best part about that is, is those are three teams that are staring you in the actual face in your own division. Like this isn't the West. This isn't the Metro. These three teams that just made significant moves are all in your division. So I, I, and maybe I'm out to lunch and (laughs) and you answer with Giordano and and that's what I'm getting to Marty. I'm like, first and foremost, do you mean to tell me that you couldn't pay a price for Sherrod? I mean, I know I'm repeating myself here, but for Christ's sake. So now, okay, Sherrod's gone. He's off the market. We went after Giordano with a couple of second rounders. Well, what do I got left in the, in the chamber here? I got my first rounders, and guess what? You're do exactly what Tampa Bay did, but do it on the defensive end, which is where you need help in the first place. Go out yeah. and get, go out and get Chitron. you You're going to get term on him. He's under five million dollars a year, I think, for at least another couple of years. Give up the first round Three picks for that. him. Get it done. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to say it other than that, Martín. I mean, it's just a case where it's, it it. You know I'm pissed off when I'm calling you Martin. Yeah,
1: I was just gonna say, like, geez, you haven't used my my real first name in a while. There, you must be pretty pissed. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100. Like, I I just I'm not even a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, but I when I saw that, I thought to myself, this is just this just reeks of desperation. Yep, this is so your Plan B or Plan C that you felt, you know what? We've got nothing left to do, or we're not going to do it. I might as well do something. All right, go get Giordano. What's it going to cost us? two pick, Two second round picks and a third. I think you lost this trade. I think Toronto, they, I think they sorely lose this trade. I think that's what happens with this. This is disgusting. And again, it's not Giordano from like 2017. This is Mark Giordano now at the end of his career where he's just not the impactful player as he is. He's going to be leadership. He's going to be able to provide some things. But none of the things you needed. None of the things. This isn't... He's not the type of defenseman that you need in on this team right now. Hey, hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe there's life because he's from the area. He's from Toronto, so maybe it breeds new life in him, and and all of a sudden you're going to see Mark Giordano of 2017. Great, I'm happy to be wrong, but in the long term, this is not the move that I thought was going to happen for for Toronto. I don't see this as being a, <laughs> the one that gets them through the first first round.
0: The way I'm going to say it, Marty, is it was it was a misuse of assets. That's the way I'm going to put it. I'm not trying to say that Giro Dano can't help a certain team. Like, you know, I I would even go as far as saying maybe Giro Dano on the Lightning or, or Florida, just because of what he would have been asked to do, Marty. In regard, yeah. in regards to what he's going to be asked to do in Toronto, yep. okay, it's uh, very different. Very like different. I, I, see Giordano five six on either one of those other two clubs. I'm seeing Giordano a little bit more as a three four five, go as low as five, but yeah. I think it's more of a three four in Toronto. So it is, he's no. going to be asked to do more. I agree. And and, and look, I don't want to take it away from Dubis from going out and actually getting something done. Like he has to do something. Okay, I'll just categor, categorize yeah. it as a misuse of your assets. He's using assets. I think you just could have used them better. I agree. I think um, it's, uh, you're going to look at this. Uh, hey, we
1: did something. That's what yeah. this is.
0: Um, <laughs> did we get to the Giroux trade really quickly
1: or no? Uh, we. I mean, we went over a couple of times, but yeah, the, the total trade there is to Florida, Claude Giroux, Connor Bunham, uh, German Rubstoff and a yep. fifth round pick in 2024, and over to Philly Owen Tippett, third round pick in 23, and first round pick in 24. I, I honestly think this is a pretty even trade. I do think if Tippett gets the time he deserves in Philly, and it, I, I see no reason why not. I don't know who would be in his way because he's a solid player. Uh, and that red hair goes great with those or orange hair sorry <laughs> goes great with those jerseys too. He looks good in a, in a Flyers jersey. But, um, and then those two picks, like it's a third and a first, like this is, Philly did very good with this trade. And I feel like it was a good trade, nothing insulting about it towards Giroux. Like this was solid, uh, deserving and Giroux in Florida. I mean, oh man,
0: that's awesome. Just awesome stuff. Well, I mean, the one thing I will say about about it from the uh, Florida side and and what Giroux brings to the table. Um, listen, you're getting a guy that can still. I mean, he's not producing at a point a game, but if I'm not mistaken, he's got like 42 points and I want to say 55, 57. He's up there. Anyway, I mean, he's still producing for you. So this is a guy that can get on your second line and still do some damage. Um, the big thing for me, Marty, is oh, fa- dude. Dude, they got him on the first line. They got him on the first line with Barkov and Berhig nice nice i mean yeah, and the the thing for me aside from uh the fact that you're getting still a productive player you're getting a really good pro right like i mean the guy's been around right so yes you're, you're getting a good pro that way but the the little caveat that i really like is you're getting a great face-off man and you and i both know in yeah, the, oh, yeah. in, in the playoffs that just becomes so, so much bigger than in, in a regular season. Not that it isn't big in the regular yeah. season, but you know what I mean. Everything's amplified, oh, right? Oh, no, yeah. And the I other thing so. I will say from Philly's point of view, a lot of people, uh, when they originally saw the trade, thought that, you know, Philadelphia should have gotten more. But I'll tell you why they didn't. Because Florida was the only team that Claude jury wanted to go to. So just, oh, a, just, yeah? a, just imagine that you're Philly. You don't, wow. you know, I, I know there was talk about Colorado being in the mix. Apparently when it, the trade was all said and done, I can't remember if it was Pierre Lebrun or Drager or whoever it was. Colorado was never even called. Like there, it, Claude Giroux made it known that Florida was the wow. destination. And I, I have to say, when you put it into that context, Philadelphia did very well very well yeah that's a good point that's strong
1: holy jeez i mean
0: owen Tippett, marty the way i see this worst case scenario owen Tippett is a third line player you need them you you have to have third line players you can't just have an empty empty third line so you need to have (laughs) those players and like you said a first round pick in 2024 the only the only thing is is philly was a little bit late to the dance montreal ends up getting that first round pick from florida in 2023 i'm sure philadelphia would have wanted it because apparently that's a bit of a deep draft so i'm sure they probably would have wanted it but it was already taken they still get a first rounder and they can make it work and i mean what's to say that florida doesn't have a little dip in a couple of years who knows who knows yeah but you know what? They, they did well. They did well. Um, and not too much more I can say about that trade. I mean, Giroux got where he wanted to go and all the best to him. I hope he, he uh, I, I hope he has a chance to win a cup here.
1: I honestly think this is the best situation for Giroux. Um, and I honestly do believe that this is a great situation, maybe not the best, but it is a great situation for Tippett. Um, I look at this as being a win-win. Uh, Florida got exactly what... I'm not going to say exactly what they needed because they were already strong without him. But adding him just gives them – he's on the top uh, even strength and on power play. Um, So now you got him winning face-offs for you on the power play as well. This is a huge move for Florida that really puts them in a category that, I wonder now if they would leapfrog Carolina as being – or, sorry, Colorado for that matter as well as being the best team because like geez drew barkov um huberto uh duclair who's having a phenomenal season as well there are a lot of people who can put the puck in the net and get some points and, and do some exciting stuff on this team sam reinhardt's having another good year uh Marchmont as well like joe thornton plays there dude. like that's the thing that we always forget about like this team is stacked up and down sam bennett who's having another good year as well like I don't know. I don't see a hole in this team at all anymore. Like, this is just... is Tell me this team isn't the team to beat
0: right now with Giroux. Oh, I mean, that that lineup is as deep as anything that's in that Eastern Conference right now, man. Like, that lineup can go against the Lightning. That lineup can, can match up against the Bruins. So, I mean... They're 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 ready to go. Any
1: line, they'll go up against anybody. They're ready to go. They are absolutely ready to go, yeah.
0: And and again, Marty, I go back to, like, you know, even the little things with the face-offs now. Like, just think about it, man. You can throw Barkoff out there. You can throw Giroux out there. Like, I mean, you're starting to really check off a lot of boxes when it comes to that roster. And you know what? Like, again... Good on them. Good on those teams that are really making a push right now. Yep. They see they see the windows. Like see they see the windows there. And as a fan, I just I, I mean I can't get enough of it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well, then uh, let's
1: <laughs> let's let's go ahead and talk about our the teams that we actually claim we're fans of, <laughs> and see what there is to talk about these teams because they're not doing anything. But whatever, <laughs> let's talk about them.
0: Well, I mean. As for my Habs, we, you know the big news of the week here was Ben Chiarot. So the first domino fell. Um, again, we ended up getting a first-round pick in 2023, a fourth-rounder in 2022, and prospect uh, Tyler Smilank, Uh Again, seem, from what I understand, he's a bit of a goal scorer and, and he's definitely offers right. some speed. I don't know too much more uh, other than that, but. Uh, I, again, the, the general feeling was that Montreal did quite well in a deal uh, and that Florida overpaid. But again, like we talked about, uh, they had uh, some trade targets that they wanted to get their hands on, and they went out and got the trade targets that they wanted. So, you know, yeah, you got to do business. You, yeah, that's cost of doing business. And, you know, they, they, they did what they needed to do to get these players uh, into the fold. And, uh, I mean, as for, as for Montreal... You know, I, from, from my point of view, the, the next domino that I'd kind of like to see, uh, especially with uh, the interest that he's getting right now. Look, I understand that our Terry Leckinen can help our club in the coming years. But it certainly seems like for that type of a player, you may potentially get another small overpay here. So, I'm I'm really kind of keeping an eye on that to see what happens. I I really don't have any inkling. Uh, um, does Hughes and 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 Gorton want to move on from that player or whatever the case may be there? But. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that maybe they can continue to, you know, whether that's young, younger players or whatever, whatever they want to do, uh, I'd certainly like to see them move him while his value is high.
1: I think, I think what you can expect for the management to do is to act, um, act accordingly, which is not the way things used to be. I think holding on to, to Ben Sherratt would have been holding on to the pass, in my opinion. Uh, I think this is a smart move because they did really well with that trade. They, like you said, they got an overpay and you're right. They could probably yeah. get another overpay here. But if they don't, I would expect it to be because they, it, it, it it's, he is part of their plans. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't see this management. This management team has done extremely well every step of the way. I think everything they do is very well calculated and you should be very excited about it all. But Holding on to the Lekan might be the reason or sorry, might be part of that plan of them just, nope, we're good. I know we could probably get more, but we like this kid and we like what we're what we're gonna get out of him. He's part of that of what we wanna see going forward. So I think it's just be happy with whatever happens, even if nothing happens. That's yeah, I mean.
0: no, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, like you said, they're making the right moves. And you know what? If Ben Sherrod is really the only, the only piece that you, you kind of send out the door, I mean, yeah, like who wouldn't love to get rid of Petrie and his contract and stuff like that? But that becomes extremely yes. difficult. So, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and again, I'm kind of both ways. I, Like I say, I'm a little bit leaning more towards, um, you know, trading him, but it's only because of the returns that we've been seeing on all of these trades. But again, to your point, to your point, though, I mean, to a certain degree that the organization can kind of sit there and there isn't a, there isn't a need to trade him. Like you don't have to trade him. Uh, He does, he does fit what you want to do. He certainly fits the timeline. To a certain degree, uh, yeah. as well. So yeah. you know what? It, it's as a fan, I'm happy either way. Uh, like I say, probably leaning a little bit more towards decided trading. But again, that only has to do with the, the type of returns that we've been seeing. And you almost figure that most of these players are going to get an overpay on. So uh, that's probably why I'm leaning that way, I a little, would... little bias that way. But I mean, like you, again, like you pointed out, it, you really can't go wrong keeping the player.
1: I would imagine they're open to listening on everybody. There's no player that they're like, hey, no, we're not going to talk about him. No, absolutely not. So if that means that you can bank on the fact that if they think the value they're going to get in return uh, is either an overpay or it's a great step in the right direction that it will happen. And if it doesn't happen, just know that it's because it wouldn't have been worth it and that this plan makes sense. And because, again, uh, they have not missed a step since taking ownership of this team, this management team, the way they are operating. It seems every step has been a home run. So good for them. Keep it going. You know, we're. I would support them,
0: no matter what they do. For now,
1: for now, <laughs> they're bound to make a mistake. But uh, for now, they seem to be pretty good.
0: They're in good shoes. They're in good shoes. I, I. The management team has done everything that they can so far, and they've certainly done it the right way. But I mean, hey. Well, it remains to be seen here what uh, what the rest of the deadline brings and what the uh, the off has in store for the Habs. Pretty excited about it, but uh, you know we got to be patient here and, and see what the uh, see what the, the management team uh, can cook up. So I, moving on to the Oilers, I don't.
1: Do you? Is there is there anything you want to
0: talk about in, the Oilers? In uh... in regards to the Oilers, I just know <laughs> that there's a lot of stuff that you won't be doing or you won't be going to be doing when it comes to your Oilers this week. <laughs> it's just, I. I yeah I I I'm not going to congratulate the Oilers
1: on a week um, that saw them go out and get you know a, a five game winning streak uh, with wins over the Capitals and Lightning. I'm not going to talk about how they outscored their opponents twenty seven to thirteen, uh, doubling them up essentially. Now, I'm sure as shit not going to congratulate Jay Woodcroft on a twelve and six record since taking over. Uh, and I'm also just not going to talk about how Koskinen is 7-1 one with one shutout, a 252 goals against, and a 905 save percentage. And for context, he had an 891 in his last month with Tippett, so clearly something's changed there. And really, I'm not going to talk about how it makes sense to be leaning on Koskinen like we have suggested in the past, that you pick a goalie and stick to it. Don't try and chase the hot hand with three shitty goalies. You pick one, you let them become the starting goalie and you do it right. And kind of like what they're doing right now. So I'm not going to do this. I'm not because I think it's, I do still hundred percent think it's smoke and mirrors. Even I've been saying they're not going to make the playoffs. I still think there's a chance they miss the playoffs, but even if they do get in, settle down, ain't nothing happening. You are not in, even remotely close to being in the same conversations as the Dallas, even the St. Louis Blues, even the Nashville Predators, uh, certainly not the Florida, Carolinas or the Torontos or the Bostons. you're not you're not in the same category as them. You're not. So forget it. they you can get excited that you're in the playoffs okay, just like you can get excited by having one cookie. Meanwhile everybody else is enjoying an entire bag of cookies. Yeah, sure, you got one cookie, but they got a whole bag. So you've got nothing. You're going in for nothing. So fine.
0: But this isn't it. I am not doing it. Oh, so I just want to be clear. So you're not going to do it? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Listen. What I'm not I- doing it. I'm not going <laughs> over the stats. Listen to me now. What I'm going to say about these Oilers is this. Your goddamn fan base has deserved this type of play for a goddamn long time. So I don't know. I'm sticking to what I said last week. I don't know what you are. And you've given (laughs) given me no reason to think otherwise. All I have to say is for your fan base and for your organization's own good, you better keep playing this way. You better keep uh, a better save percentage than when Tippett was around. Uh, Woodcroft, you better have a goddamn winning record. Uh, McDavid, the the lineup, Drysdale, you guys better keep scoring at a point of game pace because your fan base has deserved this type of play that has happened over the past five games. They've deserved it for quite a long time. So, again, if if they make it to the playoffs, which I'm going to stick to them not making the playoffs, but if they do, Marty, like, I, I just don't Baldi, think they're going no very far, man. There's no way. I mean, I,
1: the, the only thing I will sort of, I'll finish <laughs> not saying things about the Oilers <laughs> by saying, and also not saying, um, McDavid, Hyman, Dreisaitl, um, not not so much dry style, because dry style has been consistent all year long. So i want to say McDavid, Hyman, Nuge, even Nurse to a, to a degree, they have started to look, and I know that sounds weird because McDavid really has been consistent all year as well, but he lately has seemed to been playing slightly better hockey for himself, um, playing with a little bit more determination, more poise, uh, and just all around those other players I mentioned too. Offensively this team looks better. Uh they seem to be firing the way they were firing uh at the beginning of the season. Now I I will definitely echo what you said though, Mike, in that. I don't know what this team is cuz I to to you know to be too happy and too giddy about what the way they've been playing lately is just kind of their season where they've a lot of ups and downs yeah. and I think this is just an up and they'll be crashing down in no time. Their their old issues <clears throat> will come back, and it'll be very obvious again. Their D will falter. Their goalie will struggle again. Um, it, they'll and they'll have nobody to turn over to. Like you know, Koskinen eventually will have to be will have to relinquish some playing time, and they've got nothing to help pick up the pieces. Um, Mike Smith isn't going to all of a sudden turn it on. I know he's determined to prove everybody wrong. Good for you. You should be. You're a professional. You should try to prove people wrong, but you're not. He's out of steam. He's got nothing left. And I I have no faith in this team going. If they make it to the playoffs, if they make it past the first round, that that would be it.
0: And it's what a wasted season past the first round. What a wasted season. Well, listen, your die diehard Oilers fans, I mean, certainly understand that the way the season has played out, a five game winning streak, and like you just mentioned, why get all all giddy over it? Because the trend has been that you're kind of following those great five games up with seven that are garbage. Like <laughs> it, it, it's been, and we talked about it last week. It's such a roller coaster. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. it's such an up and down for uh, an Oilers fan right now. I, I could very well understand where there's a lot of uh, uh, trepidation or, or hesitation in regards to Perfect saying, turn. saying, oh, my God, what, what a great five-game winning streak. We're back on the playoff hunt. I don't know where you are. <laughs> I don't know where you are. Like, nah. yeah, I know where you are in regards to the standings, but are you going to be able to continue this upward trend? Yes? No? You, you, you've given me no uh direction to answer that one way or the other so i mean i'm i'm ha- again we've said this time and time again we want to see the best player in the world in the playoffs and the second best player or third fourth would arguably top five yeah yeah i want to see them in the playoffs i, I do i, I want to see them do well i hope they follow these five games up with a 10 game winning streak on top of that like sure l- let's go for sure let's go but, but you haven't given me a reason to believe that. So I've no, uh, been I, fooled I, before. listen, I, I hope it continues for the organization's sake, because if they can get into the playoffs and do some damage, Marty, then that's, that changes the, 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 the hockey. It, it fun hockey. Cha- it changes the outlook a little bit here. for both the organization and probably McDavid. So,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, mean
0: I wish him nothing but the best yeah. in regards to continuing this trend here over the past week, week and a half. And uh, we'll see what they can do, man. Like, I, I hope there's some sort of, ra- again, we said it before, like, I hope there's a rallying cry, whatever. Uh, I, Whatever you guys are picking, whatever you guys are hanging your hat on, whatever it is, like, go for it and, and get it done. We want to see you in the playoffs. You just haven't given us a reason to believe and it. And I
1: just tired of being fooled. So sure uh, the old Led Zeppelin song won't be fooled again. So maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a, a superstitious, <clears throat> superstitious thing, but I feel like jumping on the band, jumping on this right now, this five game winning streak would be exactly what you don't want to do. <laughs> so just stay cool fans. Yep. Keep it down.
0: Simmer you it know, down. Simmer whole- down.
1: Yeah hold back your enthusiasm because it means nothing because the playoffs still don't seem like something you guys are qualified to be in let alone capable to move deep into
0: so settle down it means nothing it's a nice little light show that's all it is we'll have we'll wait and see what the next five to seven games bring that'll be telling in regards to do we have something a little I mean, bit here or what?
1: Knowing Edmonton's luck, you'll go into the playoffs on a twenty-game winning streak
0: just to follow that up with this. Yeah, yeah, four-game sweep. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what it'll be.
1: Yeah, like that's that's Edmonton's season this year. That's why I don't want to get excited at all. It's nice to have hope and all, but j'ai fini avec la hope là.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what can give us some hope: Beauties in the Beast.
1: Ah, Beauty's in the Beast. Hopeful. Yeah, ah, yeah. something for you, fantasy guys out there. Uh, this will be good. This will be good. You guys will know what to do. Here you go. You're very welcome. Absolutely, Marty. Do you want to start us off this week? <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Well, is there is there a more poignant place to start than Eric Hallgren? Because this. this was so, this is honestly this is a great story too. Like it's nice to see. I I love these little things. But I honestly feel like picking this guy first was maybe a bit of a race between you and I. I feel like <laughs> maybe you wanted him as much as I did, but. I got him there first, so it doesn't matter. But um, honestly, how could we not? Because Colgreen is single-handedly saving the Leafs' season, if I can say that, quote-unquote, uh, at the moment, with three games started, a shutout, and a 34-save uh, performance. So, yes, he stunk up the joint last night in, against Nashville, but still, anytime a goalie can come into a Leaf Nation, put up a shutout in his first game, you're yeah. going to hear about it. And it, and it's is it real, though? Like, is this does he outlast the hype long enough to help Campbell out and so in the meantime Campbell can figure to get his footing back honestly i don't think so and it's a little too early to say that but i think what you'll see is you'll see a couple of games here or there he'll play alright but i think it's just it's just typical like had this happened let's say in frig even you doesn't need to be arizona if had this even happened let's say in florida for whatever reason the goalie situation there is crazy and a rookie goalie comes in and saves the day Uh, whatever, it doesn't get this much attention. Um, but I think it's because of what was going on in Toronto with the goalie situation, the trade deadline, all that kind of stuff, all the speculation, like, oh, they're gonna have to go out and get a new goalie. Eric Hogan comes in and oh, shut out. Oh, 34 save performance. We don't need to trade for a goalie now. Everything's fine. We've got the savior. And I think that's just what's happening. But I don't think it's real. If you look at this kid's stats, like he's a good goalie, but this isn't sustainable. It's unrealistic and but maybe it's enough to get Campbell you back. You are
0: hitching game. your wagon to a hope and a prayer. And I don't no. mean and I and I don't mean that in a bad way towards the player. He's done extremely well with the circumstance that he's come into. But you and I sure. both know, Marty, that Yes, there are rookie goalies that have come in and that have stolen playoff series or gone on a run or even won the Stanley Cup. Cam Ward comes to mind back in the day, 2006, nice. I think. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. so, so you know what? Like, all the best for the kid. But, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking serious, serious stuff here in regards to Leafs Nation, how long they've been waiting for a Stanley Cup, where they're at as an organization right now. So... Uh, Happy again, happy for the kid. He did well, and he is kind of settling things down a little bit in regards to, you know, people getting a little out of sorts in regards to the goaltending. So yeah, calms things down a little bit. But as we saw with their last game against Nashville, that was a six to three loss. So we we saw, I think, a little bit more of what this kid it truly kind of is. I'm not saying that he's, he's a guy that's going to let six goals in every game. But he's also not going to get you no. a shout out every game either. So, some, somewhere in that. between. And unfortunately, for where this team's at and what they need, it just isn't exactly going to be enough uh, when it comes down to it. I mean, this isn't, certainly isn't a guy that you want to lean on long term. Um, you know, thankfully, uh, Campbell was only supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. We'll see how that all plays out. But, I mean, good on, good on the kid for the situation that he's come into and for what he's been able to do.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but Toronto placed Mrazek on waivers, did they not? Oh, they did. And they signed Sateri. Okay, so Sateri32 needs to clear waivers so we can join. Okay, so they got rid of Mrazek. I'm surprised Mrazek didn't work out in Toronto. I expected a lot more from him uh, there. I assumed when they did that was like, oh, that's a smart pickup. They sort of solidified their goalie situation. This is a good move, Uh, but that did not work out, and so they didn't. And but this means that they're also not just banking on um, Cogren by going out and signing Sateri. Now, do you know anything about Sateri here?
0: Actually, no. I don't know very much about him. Um, If I'm not mistaken, did he not play for? I think he might have been part of Finland's Olympic roster, but I'm not 100%. Um, believe it or not, yep, I'm actually... Uh, believe it or not, you're the one who just broke the news to me. I didn't even relieve that. I didn't even uh, know that Marazic was put on waivers. Um, okay. But yeah, I am reading it now here. They have signed Harry Sateri to a one-year, uh, one-way $750,000 contract. And yes... Um, he did play for Finland at the 2022 Olympics. So he was I on honestly, that roster. I would look at this move. Never mind the fact that Cogren's played
1: really well. It's, it's great and all. But I mm-hmm. I would actually be more comfortable betting that this is the move that saves their goalie situation. Because Sateri has actually been proven for several years. Mind you, it's in the KHL. Um, he's played in the NHL nine games. Good numbers. Four and four. 292 and 911. So this he's he can hold his own in the NHL as much as in the AHL as well. Um oh well, maybe not that year. But anyways, he's yeah, he's had some numbers, but this numbers look overall look pretty good. This year he was playing uh in the KHL and it looks like so 926202. So he can hold his own. So I I think this might be the the move that makes the most sense for them. They didn't cost them a lot. Uh they just sort of made things a little bit Easier for them, I suppose. Mrazek just wasn't working out. Anytime you put him out there, he was a loss. So you had to do something. So maybe that's just that pickup right there, and it fixes that situation. <laughs> but then Giordano does not fix the other yep. situation. Anyways, good for them. <laughs> uh, my, but Colgrain, maybe Colgrain will, will will pull some other magic out of his hat. Go ahead, Mike.
0: Uh, i i don't want to take too much time i know you're going through your uh, your beauties but i will say this about that move i actually kind of don't like it and uh oh, really okay. quickly really quickly i'll just kind of mention it uh, this kind of feels like they're chasing it a little bit again right like you're, you're chasing like yeah. things aren't working out you're moving on you're mo- uh, sooner or yeah. later that comes to bite you in the ass and i'll yeah. be honest in in that market now listen, Marty. Maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe Mrazek has an injury. Maybe he True. mentally it mentally is not suited well for the Toronto. Mar- I don't know. Maybe there's something in the background, but on the surface, I would rather have Mrazek around. And and again, maybe Marty. Maybe there's a bigger deal coming up. Maybe there is a deal for Chicharín, and they need to move money out of there. I, I don't know. Yeah. But That's what true. I will say on the surface, and that I'm not privy to uh, p- other moves to come, but on the surface for me, you're bringing in a guy that really hasn't been around the NHL for a number of years now. Like, Mrazek is a guy that has had stretch, long stretches for several organizations as, as a starter. It just, I, I don't know, it, may, maybe there's something I don't know about it, Marty, but I, I got to say I'm not a big fan. It does reek of desperation.
1: I, I I don't think there's any way to any other way to to say. It. I think it reeks desperation. I think it reeks of a GM not willing to give up certain assets. Um, so he's standing pat on that. So I think that's what you're seeing. I think you're seeing secondary moves as a hope of plugging some holes, and that's mm-hmm. where we're at. So, you know, hopefully you feel good with that, Toronto Maple Leaf fans. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Cause, uh, cause you got it. <laughs> because it is what it is Shannon plan or no plan (laughs) uh moving right along Ryman uh Ryman Roman Yossi might be the most undervalued player in the NHL and what I mean is he's the best defender on a team that relies on its defense more than its offense and he's the most offensive defenseman they have and he's their leading points guy by a lot too he's up on Matt Duchesne by 12 points, so. To me, all of that is MVP caliber stuff. Like, you won't find him in the conversation. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he necessarily should be in that conversation. But when you put all of those things together, most valuable player for your team, tell me there isn't a player who's more valuable to their team than Roman Yossi. You can make a case for McDavid and Edmonton, but you've got Dreisaitl. You don't need him. You put him in that category because he's amazing, and that's where that conversation is, right? But to me, Roman Yosi is an MVP, and he's having that MVP season. But he won't even be in the conversation, and I do get it, and that's fine. But to me, right now, if you've got a fantasy team, if you have somehow, if you have, if you can plug him into your team, that's a set it and forget it. That's not that's a no brainer. I hope you've been doing it all season long because he's just been that consistent.
0: We talked about it last week, and a term that we used a lot was "money." Well, guess what? Roman Yosi <laughs> is money, bud. Like ah, this yeah. guy, right, right up there. Kale McCarr and Roman Yosi are on different planets right now. When it comes to defensemen, and in particular yeah. our defensemen scoring in, uh, in our league, it's <laughs> just <laughs> nuts. I mean, the, I, I couldn't have said it any better than you, Marty. Set it and forget it when it comes to this guy. He's a lineup. He's in the lineup. Every every week, even with us with a two game week, he's in the lineup. If yeah, exactly. Like with the
1: two game week, he could still get you five points. Like it, it's just ridiculous. If they they nice. this team goes where he goes, and right now this team actually has turned things around a little bit. They're starting to look better for the for a bigger push. Um, but it's it's always going to start end with Roman Yossi. He's just I don't know, man. I he's a guy I would trade the farm for. Um, but I also fully would fully, I think it's my dad who has him. I would yeah. fully expect him to be impossible to get. He's the kind of player you just don't trade. Uh, obviously, you know, seven first rounders will get the job done for everybody,
0: but you just don't trade <laughs> Yoman
1: Yossi. No, you
0: um, know what? I mean, yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say th- this guy. I mean, and and I have to echo your sentiments as well. I mean, he really should be in your MVP conversation. Uh, anywhere where Kale McCarr's name is mentioned, whether that's MVP of the league, whether it's uh, Norris Trophy, whatever the case may be, this guy needs to be involved in there too. This is a 31-year-old player, and he is playing absolutely lights yeah, out right now.
1: That's a good point too. Actually, for the Norris conversation, I don't know that I've seen his name, but he really should be there, and it's possible yeah. I just haven't seen it. Um, but yeah. So moving right along, uh, this is a straight-up fantasy inclusion. I'm not going to even go crazy on this one. Josh Norris, just put him in your lineup right now. He's got eight goals <laughs> in his last nine games to go along with two assists. Uh, seven power play points, 22 shots on goals, 13 hits, and one block shots. Averaging over 18 minutes a game. Has 26 goals on the season in just 46 games. Get him in your lineup. Just do it. And it, This isn't a set it and forget it for every week. This is a set it for this week forget it revisit it <laughs> cuz he'll, he'll he'll come back to life eventually but eight goals in his last 9 games means you take
0: advantage of this moment that's what that means Absolutely. straight up fantasy yeah he's he's been taking advantage of the opportunity that, that he's been given with Batherson out of the lineup and with all the injuries yeah. in Ottawa he's stepped up and you know what good that's on it. him and th- and this is going to be this is going to only going to be uh, good for the uh, for the Senators moving forward yeah,
1: that's uh, the thing. Senators next year, I expect oh, them man. to
0: be pushing for the playoffs.
1: If if they're not, um, there's going to be some management decisions for sure. I I, I don't uh, know when
0: they're going to bust out, Marty, but they're going to be busting out at some point, and it is going to be gonna something. Be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a
1: lot of fun players on this team, and he's a big part of that. So get Norris in your into your lineup. Toot suite, suite. Um, so I'm going to end with uh, my beast, Wayne Simmons. Yes, sir. I honestly saw this as a better fit in Toronto. Um, I don't know if it's that he's not being utilized the right way for this team. If it's just who this is potentially, this is just the type of player he is now because for a while when he was healthy, he was a solid 20, 25 goals a year producer. Um, but lately he's been nothing much more than a minutes eater. And even there like this year, he's only averaging uh nine, I think just nine and a half a game. So He's not even eating minutes. So I don't know what he is on this team. I don't know what he is as a player going forward. But I really, when I saw him going to Toronto, I thought this makes sense for both Toronto and Simmons. This is going to be good. If a physical player can put the puck in the net, let's go. But he just, nothing has just happened at all. So I don't know. Again, maybe he's not being utilized the right way, but maybe this is just who he is now. But if you've got
0: him, I don't know why. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I think it's a case where... You know, when when some of these players get a little bit older, right, you just, you start m- missing a step and I think it's, it's just, gets caught up to Wayne. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I still think he's a really good influence in that locker room. Uh, you know, yep. that locker room doesn't offer a lot of sandpaper and he brings that to the table, but you, you and I, you and I both know, Marty, that the game is kind of built a little bit of a different way than when it was when we were watching tv with our dads and stuff back in the day and there's a and there's just so much speed that's involved in today's game I mean look at guys like you know Kale McCarr kind of comes to mind I mean that guy's just like a a ridiculous rover out there to a certain extent right so I mean I I think it just it's passed uh, Simmons by a little bit um you know it's quite unfortunate I mean the Leafs just you know are kind of built to play a certain way and as much as you like the intangibles that he brings to the to the table, you know, is he even able to keep up to, uh, you know, utilize those skill those skill sets to to Toronto's yeah. advantage, and I just don't think that that's the case. No,
1: I I think you put it perfectly there. The time has gone by, and I think this is probably the last, or if not before last, contract uh, for <clears throat> for Simmons. He's on
0: he's on the way out, and that's you know, it is what it is. That's a hockey life. That's life with everybody. Absolutely. I mean, everybody has their time and I mean, I think we're getting pretty close to the end here for uh, for Simmons. Uh, you know, it just it just kind of sucks because that, that's just something that the Leafs don't have a lot of, right? So, I mean, sure. I, I don't know if they're able to get their hands on some here going into the playoffs or if they again, if there's any moves to come here over the next what uh, I guess we're probably looking at uh, Five hours, little un- four hours? well, we're we're <laughs> looking at under 24 hours now, right? Before oh, it's uh, oh, three, it's, I think it's three o'clock. Tomorrow it's three, tomorrow. You're right, you're right, yeah. So, I mean, they got a day left here to get things done, and we'll see what happens, but I mean, you know. Right. It, it sucks a little bit for Wayne, but hey, everybody's time does come up and his, his is just now. That's all. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's my beauties and the beasts. You're up, bud. Moving on here. We've got, uh, uh, you know what, I kind of went sideways on Marty a little bit this week here. I I do have a player involved in my Beauties and Beasts, but I did tend to uh, lean on the teams a little bit uh, with it being the uh, trade deadline uh, or our trade deadline episode, if you will. Uh, So to start that off with one of these teams, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, As I talked about earlier on in the, uh, in the program, I won't uh, delve in it too, too much here, but I, I got to give it to, uh, to that organization, to Julien Brisebois and anybody else that's involved with that management team, because I, I'm, I'm sorry, with where that organization is, you're just not able to pluck a Brandon Hagel. Uh, uh, you know, out from anywhere. Uh, and and I got to tell you what, I mean, Breezebois is getting it done again. He he has obviously seen some sort of recipe in regards to his particular lineup. And, you know, maybe this deal doesn't work for another club, but Breezebois feels, you know, uh, confident enough. And, I mean, you got to give it to him. He's had two runs with this and, you know, he's seen what his third line has been able to do and he adds to it with Hagel. And yeah, he gives up a lot for it. But at the end of the day, what are they supposed to do? I mean, Tampa Bay's not exactly doesn't have exactly have a full cupboard of prospects. I mean, they've got their picks that they can move around. They got pretty uh, creative last year when they were moving some pieces in. I believe Savard, they had like two. I think it was a couple of teams retained salary. Uh, so listen, Breesbo has done what he needs to do on his end. He's seen the type of teams that he has going into the playoffs and how deep they can go. And he he knows what his team needs more than anything else. And I got to be honest with you, the feeling that I was left with when I was watching all of these trades go down. So here's Florida and, you know, Boston are throwing around these first-round picks. I kind of feel like Breezebot just kind of put down the mic and just said, boys, hold my beer. (laughs) <laughs> because
1: yeah, he comes in, and he
0: comes, he comes in, and he just gives up those two first rounders like it's like it's nothing. But we talked about it again, Marty. And this is all I'll say about this: the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not going to benefit from those two first round picks, and the, the the core Lightning fans that have gone through these past two Stanley Cup Finals, they're more than okay giving those two yeah. first round picks. They know yeah. this is the window. Kucherov isn't getting younger. Stamkos isn't right. getting I'm not saying these players are ready to, to, to retire next year, but I'm saying here, life is life. Every year, they're getting a year older. Like the, It's not like the, the organization's getting younger. I just, plain and simple, I like the move. I like the way that he's very, very bold in regards to the moves that he's making. And I think he understands his organization and the fan base. They get it. Like, the, 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 fan, the real hard, diehard fans down there get it. It's time. It's time now. It's not time in 23 and 24. It's time right now to get the job done. They went out and got a guy that they've got for three more playoffs. And they still have control over him, Marty. When that contract's done, he's still a restricted free agent. It's not like he can just go and they don't get anything for him. So, I'm sorry. I just think it was a great move on his part. And I, yeah. I don't know what else to say other than that he's making miracles happen out of nowhere, or at least throwing um, the media off. Because I don't think there's a soul that thought he was going to give up two first-round picks, not in heart, not in, in in any year. So I got to give it to him. He, I mean, he made the right move. Period.
1: Yeah, he's a GM that you like to you like to keep your eye on because when he does make a move. Holy geez, he knows what he's doing. And, and you touched on something that I think is really true. When you win a couple of cups, you, you have the benefit of sacrifice for your fan base. Your fan base understands why you make moves and the, the hits can feel a little bit softer because while well, you, yeah. maybe yeah. we should keep our mouth shut. Cause we did just win two cups. So maybe he knows yeah. what he's doing. And that's kind of the difference between Tampa and Toronto. You're not winning cups with your moves. Because you're you refuse to go in, you you refuse to make that sacrifice, and you keep doing that, And you're going to keep falling out of the playoffs in the first round, and that's exactly what's been happening. Take a chance, pick a pick a, a roster you're going to go with, and go all in, and look at what and the benefits come at you like they do uh, with Tampa, and like you said, the fan base will understand the move. They don't care about the first round picks. They look at this and saying, all right, we're closer to getting um we're closer to getting an, a, our third Stanley Cup ring. Yeah. We're good. All good.
0: Uh, I have faith in you. A, a a bold move, and I think a very very calculated move in regards to the. For me, a lot of this has to do with the team control of the player, Marty. I mean, yeah, you gave up a That's lot, smart. but That's but you're getting smart. a twenty. You're getting a twenty-three-year-old. The guy scored twenty goals. He's a one-point-five-million-dollar cap hit. I mean, like, what 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 more do you want for for this to benefit? And again, I go back to a team like Tampa Bay. It's not like Tampa Bay sitting there like Arizona and has like thirty million dollars mm-hmm. of free money to spend here. They're making moves with, with the, what's at their disposal. And I got to say, getting their hands on a 23-year-old 20-goal score, I, 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 I don't know. Like, to, to me, that makes all the sense in the world with where they're at, with what they've already done, i.e. two Stanley Cups. The fan base is more than ready to let go of those two first-rounders. And I'm sorry, back to Toronto real quick. When, when Tampa Bay makes that trade, that puts all the pressure on Toronto. Do you think that any Toronto fan right now gives a damn about any first-round picks? They want Stanley Cups, So they exactly. don't give a shit about the first-round pick. Trade it. Get something for him. I, I still say right now, unless I'm missing something and I need to do a deeper dive, you go, you call Arizona and you get Chikrin, man. Start sending two first-round picks. Send a second down the road. Whatever you need to do, get whatever the job done. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... We'll get off the Tampa Bay Lightning here. I'm getting, uh, man, I got, I'm got like a little rant going here for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, passion. So, second beauty this week, Marty. Um, probably a little soft spot. It has more to do with the fact that I'm quite pleased he's going to get a chance to uh, take a run at a mm-hmm. cup here. We're going to go back to Claude Giroux. Uh, you're looking at a 5'11 guy, 185 pounds. So you know what? This has just been a bit of a pit bull, eh? Uh, it's one of the things I noticed when I did the write-up today. I didn't realize he was that uh, small in stature per se. I didn't realize he was under six foot. But just Claude yeah. Giroux, total, total total, pit bull, total pit bull. Uh, you're looking at a 34-year-old. So they're getting, you know, uh, a veteran guy down there in Florida. He was going to know exactly what needs to be done down there. Uh, He's been through the battles, Olympics, and uh, tons of playoff uh, um, experience. So it's only going to help that club down there. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier, he's actually having a fairly productive season, 42 points in 57 games. You know, it's a minus 12, but he's also playing for Philadelphia. That speaks for itself right there. And, I mean, this guy, it's not like he's uh, falling off here in time on ice. He's got nineteen fourteen time on ice, so playing a little over 19 minutes. And I go back to the face-off percentage, 60.9. So basically at a 61% face-off percentage, you can't go wrong with that in the Stanley Cup Finals at all. So, I mean, you know we uh we basically said anything and everything there is to be said about Claude Giroux. uh you know they're getting a really great player productive still at at, at this age uh he's got lots of intangibles that he's going to be throwing into the mix down there in Florida you know you, you basically I'm echoing your sentiments it was a good great deal a great deal for Florida and you know Philly did well in, in regards to the uh, return they uh, they got with uh, the situation they were under only really dealing with Florida so uh, you know what Beauty, beauty, and uh, beauty, uh, this week is Claude Giroux. Um, uh, I, I
1: really feel like having Claude Giroux puts Florida in that number one Another spot. stratosphere. I yeah, I think we're going to see that in, in the coming weeks leading up to the playoffs. That Giroux giving them that extra step over the Denver and the Colorado and the Tampa Bay's. Um, I think Florida now look out, look out between him and uh, Sherrod, look out.
0: Well, it's just one of those rosters, right, when you kind of go down the list, like the check all the boxes yeah. and you kind of put them against some some of the other top teams and now you start having a hard time saying, okay, well, they're at a disadvantage here. So I know yeah. exactly what you're saying when it comes to Florida. There's just not a lot of holes there anymore. Not really. Uh, speaking of uh, another team in the uh, in the Atlantic, um, and this is going to pain me to no end. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope you know how hard this is going to be for me, Ron. But... We're going to yeah. talk about the Boston Bruins. I've been holding off on this for quite a while. I know I've mentioned from time to time how they can get some great deals with their contracts when they, they're negotiating with their players. But i got to give it to this organization, my man. It, it, it's a really well well-run organization because if you can continuously keep getting guys under contract like you are, at yeah. what, is either, what is either a discount or less than market value. Uh, somewhere along the line, the players are liking what your organization is offering. So I don't have any specific details about how that organization is run, but when guys keep either staying there or going there and take a little bit less than what they're worth, I don't know, dude. Like yeah. something right is going on down there. Uh, and and you know I'm kind of alluding to the fact here that they just signed uh, Hampus Lindholm I believe that was either this morning or last night uh, to an eight-year deal at six point five million per. Um, to me, easily the first four to five years that six point five is very uh, uh, doable. Does not really put me in any kind of a. Um, any kind of a bad situation, depending on his play, maybe that the back half of that, this year 6, 7, and 8, maybe aren't so great. But to me, Marty, even if you get there and you you need to trade him at that point, yeah. I, I would assume with how the cap is going to keep going up, six, 6.5 is going to be pretty digestible for a team to deal with later on in the contract. So I, I just, you know... Big up to the bees. big up to Boston and the Bruins fans because whatever you guys have going on down there, you're Mm -hmm. able to keep your core players around and you're able to do it where you're going to be able to make ads like you're doing at this trade deadline. Like, I'm sorry, but somewhere along the line, they had the wherewithal financially to be able to fit this in, whether that's because they see contracts coming off in the offseason or whatever it is, or the simple fact that they had the room right now. So listen, big up to you guys. Uh, you know, as a rival, uh, a fan, uh, a Habs fan, uh, it, it it sucks to hear to hear what I'm saying, but you got to give them the props. I mean, this organization just knows how to get it done. Yeah, credit where credit is due, and I think what's great about this deal at six point
1: five is there's ton of room for upside for Boston on this. Uh, yep. Lindholm could easily just go off with uh, with with Boston with what he's got to, with what he's going to be playing with now because he's shown flashes in the past he's quite capable of, of producing very good numbers with a very good team and that's exactly what this is I, I would go out on a limb and saying this is the best team Lindholm's ever played with um, and as a result of that it makes that that upside to the 6.5 a lot higher than the downside so it's a smart move. All right, well, folks, it looks like Mike has been lost forever. He has fallen down an internet hole and won't be able to climb out of it <laughs> for at least at least not the rest of the night. Um, we've lost him, and we just can't get him back for some reason. But anyways, we have one thing left to go over, which was his beast. Uh, so I'll read it off since he's got it up here. It's, uh, it's the Toronto and Edmonton teams as a whole. So I'll read off what he's got here, which is... Bang on, actually. With the dealings of the past couple of days, both GMs may want to reconsider previous plans to not use their respective first-round picks. Now is the time for both organizations to move and bolster their lineups in any way they can. There is pressure on both organizations in different ways, but the expectations from both fan bases are push for the Stanley Cup. And to do that, you need to pay to play. So, Mr. Dubas and Mr. Holland, your move. And uh, quite honestly... This is exactly true. And this is exactly why um, I've got nothing left in the tank for the Oilers as an organization. It's because of their management. It's not because of their players. Holy smokes. Here we go. We got Mike back just as I'm finishing up his beast. (laughs) So that makes sense. Yes, of course that makes sense.
0: Okay. So I'll...
1: it's 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 fine i can just delete all that side including what i'm saying now Uh, so go ahead and spiel into your uh into your piece
0: the beast this week and i'm gonna try and keep this as quick as possible since we've (laughs) it's the internet (laughs) so listen beast this week marty toronto and edmonton we've talked about both of these teams at length and now it's time to put up or shut up really at the end of the day uh is what i have down for both of these teams in my personal opinion both teams should be using their first round picks to augment their rosters in whatever way they are shape or form they see uh, fit. But, I mean, again, with some of the trades that we've seen here over the past three to four days, Marty... Um, Again, it's go time for both of these clubs. Uh, I, I think this whole holding on to your first rounders, and, and I get it. I, I get that there's a teetering, and sometimes they, 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 they don't know how far am I going to go deep into the playoffs and this and that and the other thing. I just think with where those organizations are at, you, you start ponying up, and you go out and get the guys that you need to get. Now, are they still around? I don't know that. Especially in Toronto's case, because I'm sorry if I'm Toronto. I mean, you played Ben Chirac; you should have went and got him. So I don't know if your your targets are still there or not. But I'm going to tell you what though: Uh, you better start making some moves, and you better start doing it pretty soon. Here, well, you're starting in the
1: case of Edmonton. I it's like imagine uh, starting a poker hand with you know pocket aces, and seeing the flop go let's say 10 queen, king, and still thinking to yourself, it's not good enough. I'm not ready. And and saying like, no, there's no reason for me to push forward. Of course there's reason to push forward. You have to push forward. You've got pocket aces um, and you're showing potential for a royal flush. Like you go all in now. And I don't care what it costs you. It will be justified down the road. Uh, There there comes a point in time where you need to make that decision. And if you are hesitant, then the moment will pass you by and you will be left in the dust. And I think that's where we're at with Ken Holland. I think this is the end of the line for Ken Holland. He hasn't made a single move. There's nothing coming out. No one's even, there's no rumblings. There's no nothing. For a team that's faltering as much as they are, you've got nothing. You're not going to do a single thing. (laughs) Fine. Not that surprising. Again, I've I've got nothing left in the tank, so I, I'm at peace with it, at ease with it. I don't know, but it's just it's stupid. And the same thing goes for Toronto. You're
0: you're doing this for no good reason, so you're wasting the talents and you're wasting well, and, time. And, and one last point I will say, and it is, isn't it funny about Holland? This guy comes from the Detroit Red Wings organization, where for about 15 years they were giving away first round picks, so it was nobody's business. Yep. So why why all of a sudden yep. do you have a change in heart? And I, I, I just don't understand. But, hey, listen, that's why we're here on a podcast, Marty, and they're in GM's positions. That's right. <laughs> because apparently they have more experience than we do.
1: All I'm saying is give yes, us a guy. shot. That's all I'm saying. Any <laughs> Anybody. Team. Arizona. Call me. I'll take it. Sure. Whatever. We'll take them. Let me, say, let me just say this. Could we make it worse? Um, No. In Arizona? Probably nope. not. We'd probably we'd there. There would actually trust me. It would get better in Arizona if you had us as your GM. Just putting trust it me out there. That. Putting it out there. <laughs> Bill Armstrong, call me. <laughs> so just like that, beauties and beasts are over. And but before we sign off uh, completely, um, program note: uh, next week we will not be doing a show. And the reason for that is I will be scouting for talent for a hockey talent uh, in Cuba. Hey. <laughs> you, you gotta you, you gotta go and find them wherever you can, man. There could be a gem out there. Yeah, I've heard great things. You have no idea. I've heard I great bet. things about their hockey arenas in Cuba. I'm gonna go find one. I'm gonna post it up on Twitter and you guys to be impressed. Trust my me. boy,
0: that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Really, really doing the hard a work for everyone that's else. That's what it's all about, my man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. It uh, is gonna be something yeah. for you down there. One thing we're gonna miss you. Yeah, all then. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys a league and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm/tugalag, or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at @tugalag. That's the number two followed by G A L A G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.